good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to the Winner Winner PUBG podcast. You're getting up close and personal today with me, Arjuna, and also... Me, Robin. We're back, and I'm excited today because we are going to cover a topic which has been on the docket for, like, no joke, like two months now. Oh my god. I mean, I just, I can't even believe we haven't talked about this yet, Robin. I I wonder how many episodes we've closed saying, and next week we're going to talk about (laughs) close quarters combat. (laughs) (laughs) Slash, compare the vector and the ump. And every week we put it off because there's some like crazy update or some guest or something like that. So here we are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So close quarters combat. We are in you today. And just a few other things we're going to talk about. Um, Patch 14 has been released on the PC. And Mm. so we're going to, there's some pretty, pretty big changes in that, which we're going to go through a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, this was an unexpected delight. Yeah, totally. And then, yeah, the ump versus vector, of course, we're going to cover that. And uh, yeah, and then just get into the nitty gritty of how to kill people up close. All right. So yeah, who do we have to thank for our Patreon today? We've got Joel. Nice. Okay. Thank That's you, Joel. Joe with an L. Joel. <laughs> For all and you people out there. Thank, yeah. I, you know, I have an uncle and a nephew, and the uncle's Joel. Oh, no, I fucked it up. The, see? The uncle's <laughs> Joe and the nephew's Joel, and I always, like, can, like, call him the other one. Oh, yeah. It's like, I'm, I have a twin, and people call me the wrong name all the time, so I'm, like, tasting some of that medicine, I guess. But Yeah. Anyway. So, Joel, thanks a lot, man. We appreciate your support. And Joel gets the Patreon question of the week. So he says, I have a question regarding finishing off downed opponents. I usually try not to finish off downed opponents unless they or their teammates finished off one of my teammates first. It's early game and I need their weapon. They're crawling to cover to get rezzed or they're giving my position away. This also helps as having a sort of hostage in case someone on their team knocks out one of my teammates after I do and may make them hesitant to finish off my teammate. That way, if we win the encounter, we can continue on as a full squad. Is this something you guys have ever given any thought to? Thanks again. Never, (laughs) never once thought about it. No. No way. I always think I'm I'm totally kidding. You're kidding. Okay. Yeah. um, Yeah. That's that's some dark English sarcasm for you there. (laughs) So yeah, it's. I've actually been thinking about it quite a lot lately because. So there was a lot to this question which I'd like to get into some of the finer points. But mm. there's just kind of a, a larger point which I wanted to make, which is that in in multiplayer games, you know, in duos, trios, or squads, I honestly believe that people focus too much on killing down players. Mm-hmm. I agree. There's this kind of pathetic moment that a lot of people will have where they feel like they've lost the fight and they just want to take someone with them. And, you know, that's fine if you're not trying hard or if you're a coward and sometimes it's sometimes it's a simple decision you know sometimes the rest of the team's taking cover and you can just pop off a headshot on that down person and it's fine and it can actually you know have a psychological effect on the team like oh we lost one you know Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. but i think a lot of people if there's clear and present danger a lot of people will get really tunnel visioned on killing someone that they've downed and right. it, it'll cost you a lot of games. Yep. I've seen that happen. Yeah. On my team. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, man. Where like one of my teammates will down somebody and then there's a guy 
in the same situation who's clearly still a threat and they just keep shooting the guy that's down and then they end up losing the fight because of it yeah that's always frustrating yeah it's so annoying and likewise i've killed plenty of people who were finishing off one of my teammates as well Mm -hmm. and it's just it's always like this come on man you know like what a cheap move it's almost like they're not interested in actually winning the game they just want to you know they just want to ruin your night right i think that this this game is different than other shooters and that survival is the goal not kills ultimately yes right? right and so i think people are stuck in frag mode and mm. they see getting that kill as just the game, right? It's like, right. I, okay, I downed someone. I need to kill them to get credit for it. But really, yeah. I don't know what... I guess you can count your kills. Or you, it'll help your kill-to-death ratio. But at the end of the day, what matters in this game is how long you survive and what place you get. Actually, right. you know, who am I to say? You know, people can kind of determine that on their own. Yeah. Um, obviously, kills are rewarding and important. But um, I don't know. I always felt like I, I, I have this weird, like, gentlemanly attitude about it mm, where yeah. if if I down somebody, then it's not like I pity them or their team. It's just like I kind of want I want to kill their whole squad right? before, like, any of them are completely dead. Right. Like, I would rather, like, take all of them down. And, and it's kind of whichever squad wins. It's not whichever individuals on that squad get a first kill. Yes. And so to me, it's like, here's a, here's a skirmish and whoever kill, whatever squad comes out and, and downs the other whole squad gets the victory and all of the other squad dies. Right. Is kind of the way I've seen it. Um, if they totally kill off one of my teammates, then all bets are off, man. I just, you know, it's, it's blood for blood at that point. <laughs> so this, it's funny because this question, he actually goes through like the stages of it right. that I go through. Right. Where it's like, well, I'll leave them alive unless they're a threat. And if they're a threat, I'll kill them. And if they down, if they kill one of my teammates, I'll kill them too. Is kind of the general thinking I go through. But yeah, I think most people, a lot of people, just down and kill. Right. 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 Without a second thought. Anytime you down someone and then kill them, that's almost a guaranteed reload at well, that point. That's exactly what I was going to say, dude. Is that there's a lot of situations in this game where you'll you'll shoot half your mag taking someone down, right? Mm-hmm. And then. You know, the act of reloading and then retraining on the person and then actually killing them is a long time. It's like three seconds, something like that, or more. Mm -hmm. And that's a long time in this game, especially when someone knows where you are, they've just seen you take out their teammate and they're coming for you. And Mm -hmm. I think it's one of those things where you think like, oh, the coast is clear and this person's right here and what else am I going to do? And it's so tempting, right? But you just you, you it's easy to lose track of exactly how much time you're taking to do that. And then, you know, like let's say you're using a gun with a smaller mag, right? Or like a shotgun or something. You might mm-hmm. actually have to reload again after you mm-hmm. finish off the down teammate. Right. So right. all of these things are just compounding the amount of time that you're vulnerable and enemies know where you are. Yeah, man. I mean I'm into the kind of like I said, the gentlemanly, like, well, let's just you know, whichever squad wins, they'll yeah. get the kills. Yeah. Um, but if you're if you're a player out there who wants to get the kills, then I think the obvious thing to do is to down somebody and then without reloading, kill them as fast as you can, and then reload and be ready for the next guy. Mm. But mm-hmm. you have to accept that 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 whole process while you're killing a downed guy and then reloading after is making you vulnerable. Right. Um, yeah. 
So if you you combine the cost of that um, with the gentleman's attitude that I was mentioning earlier, to me, it's not worth it. Yeah, I agree. Now, there are exceptions to the rule. So one of them, for example, is long-range fights are often less risky, especially Mm. if two teams have cover. Mm. And it's it's often pretty easy for someone to crawl to cover and get rezzed. Right. And so if you're having this kind of long-range attrition battle where there's a lot of medding, there's a lot of cover, you know, you're like 300 meters away. If you down mm-hmm. someone, you have a real incentive to just finish them off. Right? Totally. In fact, that's a great point. I would say anytime there's any chance of them being rezzed, yeah. just kill them. Yeah. Right? Exactly. If they're in a, if they're in a room with you... I, I don't know. It's kind of hard because it's hard to think of a time where they don't have the opportunity to get res and they're also not giving intel to their teammates. But see, that is a, a tension of it, right? Is that if you have a down person next to you, they're watching you and communicating. And so that does make them more of a liability. Mm-hmm. You know, the more I think about this, the more I'm like, why the <laughs> hell am I being a gentleman about this game? <laughs> <laughs> Execution, take out your pistol. Shoot them in the head. Switch right. back. You don't have to reload. <laughs> Switch to your secondary even, right? Well, I think it's why a lot of people finish off down players with grenades. It's a way of taking care of them while spe- still being able to whip out your gun and be vigilant. Hmm. So that's a thing that you can do. But of course, you that's know... That's never occurred to me. Oh, really? Unless yeah, it, I, I like, watch people do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Unless it looks fun. Like there's something <laughs> fun about grenading them. Like if they were particularly asshole-ish somehow yeah it's fun to like throw a nade at them and just like watch them wait for it to explode yeah there but, is um, something satisfying when they're just like oh my mm-hmm. end is near right yep just think about your life there for three more seconds yeah <laughs> now this whole question of whether you should use down people to bait other people um i feel like it's a toss-up i feel like some people over emphasize that tactic it's not that it's not a good idea to do, but I think it's very situation dependent because you do lose that, um, you know, there's a good chance if you're using someone to bait that the person you're using knows where you are and they're giving directions to their teammates. And so it's actually, in a way, you're actually helping the downed player bait you for the rest of their team, right? So it's good to remember that you're not the only person doing the baiting necessarily. Right. You know, I think like so many things in this game, there's no clear answer. It's very dependent on the kind of chess game that you want to play and the mind mm-hmm. games that you want to play and just your style as a, as a human being, right? These all are factors to take into consideration. But yeah. I would say the average player, just if I had to make a blanket recommendation, I would say your first thought after you down someone should not be, I need to kill them. Your first thought Mm -hmm. should be, what else is happening? And then, Mm -hmm. if you've really assessed the situation and you feel, you know, you've like gone through a rational thought process of where did they come from? Where could their friends be? How many bullets do I have in my gun? Do I have cover? All of this kind of stuff. After you've gone through that kind of a process, then you can commit to Mm -hmm. killing them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, man. Groovy. That's my soapbox. Yeah, how do we sum this up? I think that, oh, uh, when in doubt, kill him. Unless, <laughs> okay. it, I, I'm leaning toward that now. <laughs> okay. um, unless, I, I think early game, it feels really cruel and mean. 
to finish somebody off when it's anybody's game at that point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I've we've had to back, back out of so many games, Arjuna, because one of our squad That's mates got true. killed. Right. Yep. It's a sad day. And so it's just like my, you know, be empathetic. Like everyone's here to have a good time. May the best squad win. Mm-hmm. The best squad is the squad that kills all the players in the other squad. Mm-hmm. So, all right. There you go. So, Robin, let's dive into this patch 14 on the PC. What's yes. hot about this patch? So, I know I've been bitching for a long time about Molotovs yeah. in this game. Yeah, easy to do. And I, it was one of those things I bitched about, and I just never expected anything to change about it. Mm-hmm. Just thought, like, meh, like, this is just, it just seemed like a low priority to me. And here they are, patch 14. They've significantly uh, boosted these. It looks like their spread is bigger. They stack, meaning if you throw two in the same spot, the fire spreads further. And it looks like they've upped the damage as well. So let's see if we can find the specifics on that. I remember the damage was, what was it, 12 when it hits? Okay. They basically have honed frags and stuns as well mm. um, and yeah. changed them up a little bit. But what I, what we really see is in terms of mechanics that's changed is the Molotov seems to be feasibly usable now. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched a quick little video, that an official video that they put out, and it was really cool to see two mollies land in the same spot and the flames basically doubled mm. in their spread. Yeah, that's satisfying. Yeah, mm-hmm. and these are it's just so fun to throw fire at people, but it's never been worth it. Mm-hmm. And so here we might finally have it. So let's just look through the notes here real quick about the specifics. Um, it says new effects and their damage has been increased. Molotovs can deal indirect damage and burn damage is damage over time. So burn damage is damage over time. And then they say, depending on whether or not you're standing directly in the flames. Mm. So... It's kind of a weird wording that they have mm-hmm. because I think that indirect damage in this case is actually what you're getting when you're standing directly in them. And then if you're in the flames, you'll take both types of damage. So so, so direct damage is the fire that gets on your body. Is that right? Yes. Okay. That's right. Yeah. So if you are in a cloud of fire and you walk out of it and you're still on fire, yeah. that's called direct damage, okay. strangely. And direct damage oh, burn is damage, right i think that that's yep, or burn damage. burn damage burn damage is 10 damage per second right all right and then indirect damage is now 12.5 damage per second mm, okay. and that's when you're standing directly in the flames got it all right mm-hmm. and so if you're if you're both in the flames and on fire you're getting 22.5 damage per second right so you're gonna It'll kill you in about five seconds Right. Yeah. If you have full health, you're dead in five seconds, which is still a long time. It is. No one's going to stand around in a molly for five seconds. They don't really <laughs> have to, right? I mean, if you're in a house, you might be fucked. Yeah. But I think what really hurts here is when you think about the damage of getting hit by one and then running away. At that point, you're focused on getting out of there as fast as you can. And the instant that you get hit, you lose 22.5 health, mm, right? Got it. And then it's going to take you another second to get out. Mm-hmm. So that's 10 more damage. So you just lost 32.5. Well, and now for the next... But, f- but you're also burning at that point, right? So wouldn't you take another 22.5? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess... Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. You, okay. So 45 damage. Mm-hmm. And now let's say you're out of the fire and you're just taking burn damage. Mm-hmm. You're going to burn for four more seconds. 
So that's 45 plus 40. That's 85 damage you take by getting hit with a molly. Mm, okay. Minimum. Unless you get out instantly. Right. Or unless it okay. was like a really indirect hit, right? Like you were mm-hmm. on the edge of it. Right. And and you moved out of it immediately. Yeah. So that's the best case scenario. Mm-hmm. I think an average scenario is what we just said, which is 85 damage, but it's going to take you like five or six seconds to die. Right. In that case, which is still plenty of time to kill whoever sh- threw it at you. Yeah. But if they hit you with a single bullet during that fight, you're you're going to die right. unless you get a some kind of med. Yeah. Now, this just further reinforces my previous advice, which is if you get hit by a molly and you're not actively fighting for your life, then getting out of it is the first thing to do and then hitting bandages is the next thing to do. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, it's not that you want to heal fully, it's that you want to heal quickly because mm-hmm. the damage is ticking down And there are times when if you try to hit like a first aid or a med kit, especially, you might just be dead before it ever takes place. So Mm -hmm. that's what you want to do. Like if someone mollies you in a house and you're safe for a moment or you're behind cover or something, you know, you need to just move out of the fire and just start hitting bandages until you stop burning. Yeah. So speaking of bandages, what's the amount of health they give over what amount of time? (laughs) I wish I knew, but I don't actually. It looks like it's 10 health over four seconds okay so got it that's how long you're going to be on fire actually (laughs) yeah but if you cast a first aid which takes six seconds and gets you up to 75 you're toast that's just going to kill you you, you're you're going to be dead you're just you're just not going to have enough time right yeah is is the issue yeah so and a boost similarly right um, yeah boost is the worst for this application so it's still worth doing if it's all you got but you know. Mm-hmm. Now, if you see someone holding a molly and you have an adrenaline shot, that might be a good call. <laughs> by the time, no, never yeah, just... no, they take six seconds. Yeah, yeah, it might work. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the math comes out on that one. If it hits you like two well, seconds, it'll let you run away faster, at least. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, let's take a bandage. Let's talk about frags. So yeah, it looks like they've basically increased the effective range of the frags. They used to deal lethal damage within 2.6 meters of a player, but now it's 3.5 meters, which, you know, is is pretty cool. And yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just curious about whether that's just like kind of absolute damage, like no matter what armor you have, if you're in 3.5 mm-hmm. meters, you're just dead. You know, I don't know how they calculate I would think that. so. I yeah. mean, that is, I guess it is a frag, so technically it's throwing shrapnel, Yeah, but it's also there's a certain amount of just sheer explosive force right that a body is subjected to yeah so i i kind of hope it's armor agnostic i think that would be cool yeah, yeah i agree and then it's you know they deal moderate damage from 3.5 meters through 8.5 meters and low damage from 8.5 meters through 10 meters so we don't really know mm-hmm. what that means but it's just a yeah. good little rubric to use yeah do they say anything in the notes about what the the low damage radius used to be? No, they they don't. Okay. So yeah, that would be good to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they just um, increased the the high range damage, or if they increased the overall mm-hmm. range of the nade. It's nice to know that there's just three tiers. It's not like a grady uh, graduated um, yeah. damage. Yeah. So it'd be fun to go figure out 
exactly Ooh, what amount of damage is done yeah, at those should, distances. Should fire up some test server and yeah. get cracking. Yeah, let's try it. Yeah, love it. Um, anyway, those are much more lethal. I think it's significant. Even just that it's less than a meter. The expansion of the lethal radius from two point six to three point five. Yeah. When you think about the area that that covers, I mean, if you're nading someone behind a tree, yeah. chances are you have good enough aim to to get this within three point five meters right. of them, um, unless you're really bad at throwing grenades. However, however, if you think about it from total area of explosion, it's a significant mm-hmm. increase. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, this is great. I'm actually a little worried that this is like slightly OP. I think grenades were like really powerful before. Yeah, we'll so. see. I mean, it's def they definitely favor expertise, right? So grenades. Yeah. yeah. I just I okay. think the the players who are better with them have like a an exponential advantage. I think just because a lot of people aren't very good with them, so it's time to work yeah. on your nade skills, folks. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's the lesson here is if, if you don't use them, use them. Get yeah. used to them. If you have them, like, it should be your goal to use all of your grenades before you die. Even if they're smokes or, or stuns, just to, to kind of practice that mechanic mm. of, of getting in the grenade frame of mind. Right. I think they're really useful, all of them. Yeah. Especially, and now mollies are. They, they didn't used to be, so right. they are. And, you know, when Savage mm-hmm. comes back, it's time to start throwing those apples. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So... I don't particularly feel like going into the stun grenades. I don't know. Do you want to talk about them? Not really. They seem to be basically the same. It looks like they've bumped the radius. Oh, and they've added an an animation, so someone raises their hands to their face if they've been hit by one. So you can tell if someone's been hit, which is actually awesome. That is good. That's really good. Yep. Yep. All right. That's all we need to say about those. Yeah. So, you you know, you can read these notes. We're not going to go super deep on them. People don't read, Arjuna. I I guess that's why they're <laughs> listening to podcasts, you know? <laughs> so they've vaguely, they said they've adjusted some weapon and attachment balance. I guess maybe they go specific here. Um, reduce the overall recoil of the SCAR-L, which is cool. All right, now this, this is a big one, Robin. What do you think about the M24 world spawn? I am fucking stoked yeah? about this, man. Okay. Yes! <laughs> Because we've only had the Car 98 as a bolt action, right. like power sniper, right? Yeah. And if you want something different, you have to go create drop hunting. Yeah. And I think this is an awesome addition. It's they did nerf it a little bit. I mean, I think like they pretty substantially nerfed it, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. From 88 yeah, it looks like damage they took the to damage. 79 damage. Right. 88 to 79. So that's nine points. So. Yeah. I mean. But nine points when you're in that high of a damage bracket. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's still essentially the same amount of power. Yeah. In terms of how many shots it's going to take to kill somebody. Right, and it's still definitely like a headshot weapon, so... I'm stoked. I just like the feel. I like the sound of it. Yeah. It takes more attachments because of the magazine slot. That's true. It will take... Yeah, the mag attachments is the biggest improvement that I see over the Car 98 because I think now... I don't know exactly what the damage is um, between the two of them, but it's very close, basically. Yeah, yeah. I just looked that up a second ago. I, I know that the M24 is still higher by at least by about a few points. Okay, I'll look that up again here in a second. But I like that we can now use the M24 mostly because I think the big difference is a slightly bigger 
slightly more damage, but also the magazine and the reload, right? Mm, if you shoot oh, two bullets... That's right, the magazine it, reload. That's a big... The magazine reload is probably still faster than the fastest deal. reload, full reload for the Car 98. Yeah, that's a very right? good point. And you can do an extended quick draw on it. Right. So Sold. this is a good thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Plus it's just like... I don't feel that confident when I'm running around with this like antique weapon, the Car 98. I feel more confident. Yeah, you want that slick, black, like shiny military technology. Yeah. Yes. All right. So um, they changed some attachments. Yada yada. Who gives a shit? Okay. And Um, just for those of you that are curious, the M24 is 79 damage now, and the Car 98 is 75. Okay. All right. So Mm -hmm. it seems like it's it. It seems like it's just better in every way than the Car 98, is my guess. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which means it's going to be like five times rare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be like SLRs. Even though it's just slightly better in a bunch of categories, it's going to be like. Yeah. SLRs and, and M24s. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Actually, speaking of SLRs, they upped the DMR spawn rate. Right. In, in this general. patch as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's cool. Oh, dude. Something we forgot to cover with mollies is that flames now spread further along wooden surfaces and houses. Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Definitely molly houses, any chance you get. Right. Now, there's a bunch of other changes in this patch, which, you know, you can read them. But they're introducing a new uh, anti-cheat technology, which I'm happy about. And they're continuing to improve optimization. You know, you can now toggle the special sound upgrade for gunshots. Mm -hmm. So that's really interesting. Anything else about this patch you want to highlight? One more thing I just noticed, I didn't notice on my first read, is that the tactical stock, which you can use on both the M416 and the Vector, mm-hmm. now increases the ADS speed. Mm. But it's a little bit less effective at moderating recoil, mm. recovery. Nice. So t- I'd like, to me, I felt indifferent about attaching that before, and now I'm definitely more interested in it. Yeah. ADS speed is huge. Yeah, that is so, a big deal, for sure. Yep. Man, so can you imagine how quick a Vector with a you know, with a tax stock is going to be to bring up. It's mm. going to be amazing. Oh, my God. You know, that I'm glad we read that because we're going to be talking about those two, wep- the ump and the vector. Yeah. And so that could very well play into this. Well, I think that that makes a great transition into awesome. that segment. Are you ready to go there? Let's go. All right. So this has been an oft-requested comparison, and... Um, I'm actually really glad that we waited to do it because, you know, the if we hadn't waited, then this recent weapon rebalance would have basically made our comparison a moot point. Mm-hmm. So I think this is just an excellent time to be thinking about these two weapons. So again, something they said in the patch notes was that the vector is now a little more common in the world spawn. They They took that commonality increase of the vector out of the commonality of the ump. So... The vector is spawning a little bit more often where the ump used to spawn. Right. Which is, it's interesting to me because I feel like I've been seeing the vector more often anyway. Yes. Just in my own anecdotal experience. I agree. Okay. Yeah. Huh. So. And I certainly don't feel like it's a significantly better weapon, right? Well. 
I mean, that the ump is, rather, right? Mm. And mm-hmm. So, like, to me, a rare, rare weapon implies that it's more valuable. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but... Yeah, that, he, in that, this would, case, I've, that would be the implication, I think, in general. Yeah. Yeah. But the especially lately with the, the rebalancing, the vector seems to be kind of the up-and-coming favorite mm. for, in the SMG class, and even sometimes edging out AR choices. Mm. But before we jump in, do you want to give your, like first impression of like which one you favor because i noticed that when we first talk about this stuff my opinion is a little bit different before we talk about Mm, it than after yeah like once i really think about all the numbers and stuff yeah so well okay so here's how it's gone for me is when i first started this game i thought that the vector it's not that i thought it was garbage but i just never used it because i didn't Mm -hmm. like the small mag size and the ump mm-hmm. just seemed like a much more versatile weapon to me. So mm-hmm. there was a long time where I was just favoring the ump. And then I mm-hmm. think around the time we started playing war mode, you know, the war mode SMGs was a favorite mode for both you and I, and, and we played a lot of that. And I yep. consistently noticed that I thought the vector was just head and shoulders above the ump in that mm-hmm. mode anyway. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I noticed it was kind of like, I would just train my target on someone, hold down the mouse, and they were dead. Right. You know, one thing I'll say about that mode is that everyone has level one armor, typically. Mm, that's right? that's a good point. Yeah. And so the damage difference between the weapons is less important in that mode. Yeah. Than in, in like middle of mid game and late game. Yeah. In battle royale. But I've also learned to like the vector. I. I think for similar reasons mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in war mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a tough one. I mean, early on the ump was a laser mm. and then they, they nerfed it and it got a lot bouncier and harder to use and people stopped using it, including myself. But now they've kind of brought that back. It definitely feels really easy to control. Not quite as steady as the vector. I don't even know. Do we have the recoil stats pulled up? Yeah, we do. So, the vector is definitely more stable than the ump. Okay, good. That's what I felt like. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I could read you a lot of statistics that probably <laughs> wouldn't really make that much sense. But you can just take away from this that the vector is just a little bit more stable. Okay. Yeah, it feels that way. And it's got, it's a less powerful bullet. Mm-hmm. And that typically is a correlation. Right. Like the weaker bullet has less recoil. Yeah, so. it has a lower spread, has a you know a lower aiming modifier. So I'll just weigh in really fast that I used to f- strongly favor the ump, and lately it's been kind of a toss-up. Mm, mm-hmm. If I can only have one weapon, I've still been choosing the ump, typically. Mm, okay. However, if I had an extended mag, I would go with the vector. We'll see. Right. I'm, let's go through it all. Okay. And then... Well, and so you raised, I think, one of the biggest differences between these weapons, which is that the Vector starts with a puny mag of 13 bullets, you know, whereas the Ump starts with a very reasonable 30. Maybe they just did this deliberately to nerf the Vector to make it so few bullets, because with its rate of fire, it's kind of insane how quickly you chew through that magazine. Yeah, I'm trying to find... Oh, time between shots is 0.055. On the Vector, yeah. Right. So if you multiply, I'm dropping that last decimal, but it's basically 0.65 seconds. It's going to end up being about like 0.67 seconds to blow through a whole magazine. 
<laughs> so yeah, just vector. over half a second, people. <laughs> that is bonkers. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Uh, compare that to point. So that the bullet, the time between shots was 0.055 for yeah. that, and it's 0. 0.092 for the ump. Right. So the ump is, it's not twice as slow, but it's uh, uh, half as fast, but it's almost mm -hmm. half as fast. Right. So it's a lot slower. It's, it yeah. is very much slower. Yeah. And, you know, you can see this, you know, if you, if you crunch the numbers and you do the math, the vector has a much higher damage per second because right. it's got almost twice the amount of bullets it's throwing, but the damage is only, you know, a few points less than the ump. So yeah, actually, let's just talk about that real quick. So the vector does 34 damage versus the ump's 39 damage per bullet. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a significant difference, but if you're in full auto and all of your bullets are landing, the vector is just, it's just going to strip them right down. So yeah. Um, they both have all three fire modes. Mm, right. So the burst mode, it's two bullets for both of them. Yeah. And really, the only time I use that, if I'm really low on ammo, and I'm afraid of just kind of blowing my load without hit killing anybody. Mm, right. Right? Yeah. But I don't trust single fire to get the job done. <laughs> so, yeah, single fire on either of these weapons is painful. It's it's like, if you're... If it's your only gun and you're trying to hit someone long range, it can be fun. Yeah. Or if there's someone like head peeking yeah. at mid range, then it's useful. But otherwise, why? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What? Okay. So, so you typically use burst mode just when you're when you want to conserve ammo. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. If I'm down to like one clip. Yeah, basically. I feel like I'd be more likely to do that with the vector than the ump. Yeah, one clip or less. Right. It's like okay, burst mode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which happens a lot in war mode. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. And then it looks like this definitely confirms that the ump is better at range, I think. Uh, it has a bullet speed of 400 compared to the Vector's bullet speed of 300. Oh, yeah. You kind of intuit this when you try to use them at range, but I think the numbers basically prove that the ump is a better long-range weapon. That's It's good to know these numbers because sometimes I'll put a 4x on the ump and I think, like, maybe this could work at range. Mm-hmm. It looks like it could. It can't, okay? <laughs> like, this is half the bullet speed of an AR. Yeah. So yeah. just don't. It's, just don't do it's it. pretty <laughs> This pathetic. is a close-range... Both of these are close-range weapons. Yeah. Um, I would say... not. I wouldn't even use these at 100 meters if I absolutely didn't have to. Yeah. This is like 50 meters or less. Yeah. So... It's like, yeah. you know, do it for fun, do it to test yourself, do it for the lols. But if you're taking yourself seriously, just don't. Don't fucking do it. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, find some cover, run closer, and, and full auto them. Yeah, these are these shine at close quarters. Yeah, um, yeah, they really do. So are we at the point where we can kind of... Well, there's a few more things like to discuss. I feel like we should cover some more stats. A few more things. Yeah. So the vector reloads faster than the ump. Ooh, so really? How fast? Vector reload is 2.2 seconds in just normal, and the okay. ump is 2.5. So okay. 0.3 seconds, you know, it, it can matter. It's not huge. Mm -hmm. It's like 15% faster. Yeah. About. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, another thing to remember is that the vector does take that butt stock, whereas the the ump doesn't. So, right. you Which know, it's a more upgradable Which now increases weapon. your ADS, right? Yeah. Exactly. So faster reload, faster ADS, faster fire rate, mm -hmm. faster blow your load rate. 
<laughs> so yeah. the maximum amount of bullets that both of these can hold, the vector goes up to 25, mm-hmm. right? Yep. With the extended mag. And then the ump goes up to 40. Yeah. Okay. So that's pretty huge. But again, yeah. it's just if you're landing your shots, it shouldn't matter. Um, in squads, maybe a little bit more so. Right, mm, where you can mm-hmm. you could take out two people pretty easily with an ump. It's going to be kind of hard to do it with a vector. Yeah, um, unless you have very controlled exactly. shots. Like I actually in in war mode, I've taken out two people in a single spray with the vector without right. an extended mag. Yeah, that's definitely an achievement. Right, but that's that's rare. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. More more likely is that you don't take out one person with a whole mag, and then you have to reload. Mm-hmm. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, I definitely encourage when you're using the vector in full auto, just like take that extra 0.2 seconds to actually make sure you're aiming at the person and then just lay them down. It's like, it's, it's really worth making sure you're on target because once you are on target, it just melts them so quickly. Right. Whereas I think the ump is a bit more of like a, you can just kind of lay down the trigger and drag it around and try to follow Mm -hmm. the player until you've taking them down right yeah so i just had this scene happen in early game the other day where i landed at a warehouse in miramar and i i'd landed in a warehouse grabbed a vector and i noticed there were other people in the warehouse next to me and i walk into it and i look in the doorway and i'm looking down the long way and i see a guy at the other end of it across this just broad like open floor plan right and so i'm used to just spraying with this gun but he was far enough away that i had to do some recoil control and so i actually just shot like four bullet burst Mm. at him and i don't he probably didn't have armor so i took him out and and one or two burst but that's i do recommend burst fire with the vector if they're not point blank Mm. and if your aim even if your aim just feels a little off just like burst fire is good with the vector not and i don't mean burst fire mode what i mean is holding down the mouse on got it got it just for a short amount of time yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i agree with that because it it just fires so quickly that you'll get like the equivalent of a two to four bullet burst Mm -hmm. just just by hitting that click basically so yep so all right having said all of that which gun do we think comes out on top what do you think robin i'm in vector camp yeah on this one yeah given the it's got less recoil it's got more it's more control because of the stock uh i'm sorry not more control it's faster ads because of the stock Mm -hmm. it's got this really clean feel to it that i enjoy even even the iron sights to me feel clean Mm. in the early game there's something they have improved the iron sights on the ump where the foresight is a little pointier than it used to be Okay. But it still just doesn't feel as precise as I want it to. So given the kind of close quarters advantage of the vector, I would choose it. The ump feels like it's in this awkward middle zone between awesome SMG and AR. Yes, and it's, I agree. It's not particularly... A, it Actually, it's a great SMG. Don't get me wrong. I, mm. I would take an ump as a secondary most of the time. Fuck, I, I love all the SMGs now, to be honest. But um, <laughs> yeah, the ump... It's just, it feels like it edges a little bit toward AR. And if I have an AR and an ump, it feels redundant. Yes. For, for mid and close quarters. So, yeah, it can feel a little hard to justify picking an ump up if you already have an M4. So, I think I'm with you as well. I, I've always respected the ump 
but I feel like I've never been truly impressed with it.、Mm-hmm. And I feel like the vector just has the ability to drop your jaw. And、mm-hmm. so I think if you have the discipline to, to use the vector and especially to find those choice upgrades, then I definitely prefer it. And I just, in general, man, as time goes on more and more, I feel like when people say jack of all trades, master of none, I feel like that master of none really hurts on the ump. I just feel、mm. like it just doesn't rifle the way you want it to. And sometimes、mm. it doesn't quite SMG the way you want it to. You know, we all know that it can be a good gun. We've all gotten good kills with it. It's, you know, it's not like it's a bad weapon and I'm happy to pick it up. But、mm. I just feel like the vector. It just feels more lethal to me. Yeah, exactly. All of the other SMGs, except maybe, maybe the Tommy gun, have like a specialty.、Mm-hmm. And the ump is just in this kind of awkward middle ground. Yeah,、um, exactly. That does like everything okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, if you just want a, an okay weapon, go for the ump. All right, man. So, our main topic. Yeah, didn't go our main topic. We're going to skip the location highlight this week just because we had plenty of other things to discuss. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, where would you want to use an SMG mostly? Well, it's in close quarters combat. So, there's actually a lot to talk about here. But I think that, Robin, you opened my eyes to something which I had never really consciously put together in the game before, but which、mm-hmm. is absolutely crucial for close quarters、mm-hmm. combat, which is that weapon length matters.、Mm-hmm. So, tell us about that. Okay, so weapon length. So, this is. How long your weapon is. And why does it matter? It matters because when you're close to a surface, such as a wall, a corner, a cement wall, a chair, a car, anything, anything that's in front of you that your weapon is pointing at is something that can cause your weapon to tuck. That's what I call it. It's actually, I should say, lift. Because your weapon, if you walk straight up to a wall, your weapon will lift up vertically. Like the, and when the your barrel weapon, comes towards your head. Yep,、okay. the barrel comes towards your head. And when it does that, it not only moves the aim of where the weapon's at, which would be like, you know, that, it could suck if it just moved your aim a little,、mm-hmm. but it's actually totally devastating because you cannot shoot. Yes.、Um, at all. At all. Yes. When your weapon is lifted, <laughs> even if it's lifted a little bit. Yeah, even if、and、it's so, like a tiny amount, it can really get you.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of funny because this game has been a, really trying. And aiming to be the, a really realistic battle royale shooter,、mm-hmm. which I haven't given it enough credit for. I just tried、um, H1Z1,、mm. which is, you know, the forerunner to this. Brendan Green worked on it before he moved on to this project. And it's a, I just played it for the first time this last weekend, and it was pretty fun. But it's definitely it's got a much kind of less refined mar- mechanic to it, which I. Honestly, I've just played a lot of like blockbuster shooters, and I thought PUBG was lo fi, but、uh, H1Z1 even more so. <laughs> and so、yeah. it just felt like kind of a, a weekend Unity project. That's like, that's really insulting. I shouldn't <laughs> say that. Because I, I know that that's, that's totally not realistic, and I know like people have put a lot of like blood and sweat into that game. <laughs> and it's like fucking hell of a lot better than what I could make in years, right?、Mm. And so, like, Props to them. It was a forerunner and a great idea,、um, especially the, the Battle Royale mod, right? And、um, what's my point? My point is that PUBG、PUBG's、has an、good. element of realism in this respect because 
you can't hold a weapon through a wall. Okay. Right. <laughs> like that's cool. That's pretty cool when you yeah. think about it. Like yeah. if you walk up to a wall, like Rainbow Six does this too. Wait, wait, does it? No, it doesn't. I think that's why I like Rainbow Six. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you're right. I haven't noticed like significant weapon talk in Rainbow Six. No, there's none. That's why is, you can that, stab a wall. Is there like absolutely none? And, you can you can stab a wall or like melee it, yeah. put a hole in it, and stand right up against it with a shotgun. Yeah, and shoot that's kind of bullshit. Like you can- <laughs> that's which bullshit. is awesome in terms of like smooth, predictable gameplay mechanics. Yeah, but of course it is not realistic, and yeah. so PUBG's chosen this realism angle, which means we need to study weapon lengths now, which we're about <laughs> to get into. So yeah, I I first got aware of this. Um, a little while ago, I don't. I think what tipped me off is I had this scene where I was trying to, I was doing solo squads and like down, I down two people. Another guy comes in, I miss my shot, and then I shoot his pan. I put up a video of this, and yeah, then he a great video. Mm-hmm. He, he strafes off to my right, and I'm just like looking at him. He's five feet away. He's trying to figure out what's going on, and I'm just spamming click like die 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 with my shotgun. Mm. Mm. nothing's happening he just turns and blasts me in the face and it took me a second to realize that what was happened what had happened is that my shotgun was slightly lifted from this chair right in front of me Mm. and this is like perfect example of weapon length coming into play because shotguns happen to be very long Mm. and so they're very susceptible to this weapon lift and so this guy i had no chance i could have stood up i was crouched but being aware of weapon length and your surroundings and this weapon lifting mechanic is important. And part of that is just knowing how long your weapon is, which is actually, I'm glad to say, very intuitive. There's, mm. I, I've, I went up and I went around and picked up a bunch of weapons last night in custom servers and tested how long they were relative to each other. And it was all pretty much exactly how you would expect it to be mm. in terms of um, how long they are relative to each other. So, yeah. Yeah. Should we just jump into them? Yeah, just just read them off. So let me just let's let's go through just an overview of the classes. Um, of course, SMGs are shorter mm-hmm. than ARs in general. Yeah, and snipers and shotguns are longer than ARs, and ARs are like in the middle and longer than SMGs. So, Arjuna, what would you guess is the shortest SMG? Let's see, if I had to, well, I mean, I'm looking at the <laughs> I'm Don't looking at cheat. this right here, but I would I think I would say it would be the Uzi. Yeah, it's yeah. obvious. It's like the size of a pistol, basically. Yeah, it's it's tiny. I mean, it is. An Uzi is technically a machine pistol. So there you go. Oh, well, okay then. Yeah. So the order of the SMGs is pretty straightforward. It's Uzi, Vector, Ump, Tommy Gun. Mm-hmm. Which Makes sense. is what I would have guessed. I might It might have been a toss-up between Vector and Ump. But... Yeah, the Vector is It's a longer weapon overall, but the front of it is tiny. Mm-hmm. It has a very, very small barrel. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And um, it's got Ump and Tommy Gun's pretty intuitive, I think. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then the AR class is next in terms of length. Mm-hmm. And the shortest one is actually the Scar. And the longest is the M sixteen. And then in the middle we have the M four sixteen and the AKM. Got it. So, so that's another tiny reason to like the Scar. A tiny reason to like the Scar. And the M four is also right there in the shorter of the, the class as well, mm. right? Second shortest. Okay. So that's great. Yeah. Um, M16, that's a minus for the M16. It is. If you're going into a building with the M16, 
just be aware of when you're peeking corners or, or strafing corners and doorways that this weapon might lift on you if you're too close. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely in that kind of danger zone of long. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Up there with the kind of the shotguns and minis and stuff like that. I think most players intuitively know not to strafe a doorway like flush up against the wall, right? Yeah. Like you're not going to be putting your face into a wall with your weapon up and then strafing into a doorway to lower it. It's <laughs> Yeah, it's not going to work out for you. No. So beyond that, all I know is the relative lengths of the shotties. S12K is shortest and the double barrel is longest and the pump action is in the middle. Okay, that makes and sense. And the mini is right between the ARs and the shotguns. Mm, and so okay. I don't know where the other snipers lie in this, but hell with it. We're talking about close quarters and I don't yeah. think they're going to really come into play. But just be aware that if you're with a car 98 and you're hiding behind cover, um, if you get too close to that cover, your weapon will lift up. Right. So, so yeah, what does this actually mean in real terms? What it means is that the shorter your weapon is, the more general versatility you have to interact your, with your environment in a quick way. So mm-hmm. you can round corners quicker. You can peek more easily. Being closer to cover is just generally safer than being further away from it because of the angles mm-hmm. involved. Mm-hmm. So there's just a lot of reasons why weapon length might actually matter in a close quarters encounter. And you mm-hmm. can't, I don't think we're going to list them all, but once you start paying attention to it, you're really going to notice the difference. Oh, yeah. yeah. One more note is that barrel attachments affects weapon length. Ah, yes. Yep. So it's, this is especially true of the silencer. It's the longest one. Right. So an M16, for example, with the silencer, that's a really long gun. You're going to be hitting shit all the time with that, just so you yeah. know. Yeah. Or, you know, a silenced AWM, like, you're just yes. not going to be able to hug up to a tree with that. Yeah. Don't stand within 20 feet of even a hillside. <laughs> um, you know, no. poke your teammate's eye out with that thing. So, all right, let's get into a few other mechanics here. So something I was thinking about is that close quarters, I think, is the place that most highlights the difference between the three aim modes in the game. So when we're talking about aim modes, the terms that I would use are there's there's hip fire, which is just like you're not holding any aim button or doing anything. You're just shooting the weapon. Mm -hmm. And then what you and I, I think, tend to call soft aim, which is... You know, it's holding down the right mouse button on the PC. I also call that targeting. Targeting, right. Yep. And then, of course, there's ADS, which is actually bringing your weapon up to your face. Right. Aim down sight. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's pretty much in this game for anything other than close range, uh, ADS is generally the way to go. Now, Mm -hmm. there are, of course, exceptions, especially in the non-rifle or sniper categories. But as a general rule, ADS at any kind of range is, is going to be the most accurate and the best to use. So where does, you know, hip fire and targeting come in the mix? One of my metrics that I've been finding in this game is that I actually think the smaller the weapon is, the more accurate it tends to be hip firing. And that I don't know if that really holds up in real life, but it's just something I've been thinking about. Like, I feel like, for example, the pistol doesn't seem to gain that much accuracy through targeting and then through ADSing. Hmm. 
Wow. Whereas the, you know, whereas like rifles definitely do. That's never occurred to me. Mm hmm. Yeah, that correlation. Yeah. Like a lot of people just say you should, you should hip fire the pistol. You know, I've, I've definitely believed that at close range. Yes. It's still really hard for me to get out of aim mode and yeah. out of that habit, even I at agree. close range with it. Yeah. But I agree. Now, another question is should you hip fire while moving? <laughs> mm, that is a good question. Yeah. Which, if you're close quarters, someone you're probably trying to evade shots, right? Yeah. And so it's tempting to move and shoot at the same time. Yeah. I know that movement obviously has a very large um, spread modifier to it. It does. And yeah. so if you have to move while hip firing, I would say cr- crouching is actually probably a pretty decent way to go Mm, it's like a compromise Um, it makes you smaller if someone's spraying they're more likely to miss yeah you know you move slower but you get that that aim boost i don't know i think it's a good compromise yeah but Mm -hmm. i don't know sometimes evasion is more important and like the pressure of just shooting so here's here's the thing i've noticed is that i used to think that running and gunning was just in general a bad idea in this game Mm mm-hmm but I've been owned a surprising amount by moving opponents when I was crouched and aiming. Hmm. And it has made me really respect the benefits of being in motion when you're up close. So hmm. a few examples, like I've noticed that in general with shotguns, if someone misses the first shot, they're highly likely to lose the encounter. Mm-hmm. So like if you run into a house and you keep running and you know someone was posted up there but they missed that shot you just have a really excellent chance of taking them down mm-hmm. or you know again a lot at close quarters like it can be really hard to keep your mouse trained on a moving target the closer it is right yeah which we can discuss in a little more detail later but just as a general rule, the closer they come to you, the broader your movement has to be to keep aiming on them. Right. And so, you know, if someone's like really close to you and they're running left and right through your vision or whatever, it can be really hard to track them. Right. And if if you're standing still, furthermore, if you're standing still and you're trying to shoot them and they're running, they can stop and shoot you, Right. So they get the same accuracy boost from standing still. But the thing is, they've had like a second to figure out, okay, this is where you are. You're standing still. You know, I can get my target on you and just stop moving and down you, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's one of those things where when you, when you actually stop to examine it, there can be many benefits to moving. Mm-hmm. I think it really depends on yeah. what, the situ- what the weapons are in particular. Yeah. I think that if you're against somebody who has a pistol or a shotgun at close range, then moving is going to increase your chances of winning that battle. Mm. Mm-hmm. I th- because it's just really hard for some reason to land shots with those guns on yeah. a moving target at close range. <laughs> yes, like you really true. you have to be a careful aimer, yeah. um, especially with the shotguns. With the pistols, even with the pistols, they have a much higher fire rate. But it's surprisingly easy to just spam through a magazine at close mm-hmm. range and miss all the shots. Um, yeah. Or most of them, anyway. And so I think that against those weapons, it makes a lot of sense to move if you have a similar weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, in an auto fight, automatic firefight, I'm pretty much, 
I'm still a fan of slow movement or sitting still and just landing my shots first mm, before yep. they do. Yep, I would agree yeah. with that. I think, like you said, it's very situation dependent. If you're the person breaching, you want to be moving, right? If you suspect someone's in a house and you're running in, like you don't want to just stand in the doorway and stop. That's that's suicide. <laughs> or if you're running up the stairs, like the last thing that you want to do is stop unless you've like seen the player and you're like, okay, I've, you know, I need to get my reticle on them and kill them, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're the person pushing in a close quarters situation, you definitely need to keep moving until you've figured out where the person is. You know, and, and conversely, if you're like, if you have cover or if someone's breached your house and you're upstairs, you, you know, the tactical advantage of them not knowing where you are and you're being still and just, you know, getting your weapon aimed and trained on where they're probably going to be, that's a huge advantage. So you shouldn't mm -hmm. give that up. So I think that's really part of it is, are you being the pusher or are you being the defender? Agreed. Now, I think we, we deviated a little bit from this topic of aim, but I just <laughs> wanted to... <laughs> I just wanted to say where I find soft aim is often the most effective mode is when you're in close range encounters with full automatic weapons. So mm. like, you know, let's say you're maybe like 10 to 20 meters or maybe less, like five, five to 20 meters. The advantage of the soft aim or the targeting is that you can bring up your gun pretty quickly and it is accurate enough to get most of your bullets on target. And it's also, especially in third person, I find that targeting is really key in close range encounters. Mm -hmm. um, because just the, the kind of the physics and the perspective and the way the camera works is that, you know, switching to ADS can be a little jarring. And yeah. I just find that it often to me seems to get the best results. Yeah, there's also a lot less visibility with aiming down sight, typically. Mm, true. Because uh, you yeah. have the gun in your face. <laughs> yeah, Even if exactly. you have a red dot or something, there's still a significant amount of of stuff you can't see. Yeah. A visual cover that you're putting because of that gun. You know, if you're aiming, say, at a corner down a hallway and you think someone's going to peek it, it's possible if they peek, if they peek low, you're, you're not going to see them as well, right? Yeah. Or you're not going to see someone peeking... Um, in a doorway before that something like that so yeah i like that i need mm. to get back into targeting mode man i, I basically have deactivated it because <laughs> of my controls but i think i yeah. need to get that back yeah it does have its advantages i've kind of talked shit on targeting in the past mm -hmm. but it's it is just undeniably the best thing to do in a lot of modes another situation in which targeting is really good is let's say you just happen to, you know, you have your SKS out and it has a 4X scope on it, right? And you come around a corner and there's someone right there. So ADSing is just the wrong idea because you're, it's going to be so hard to line them up in your close range scope. And hip firing with an, a weapon like that is just garbage. So, you know, holding that targeting can be a really good way to salvage a situation where you rang in you ran in with a long range weapon but you need to get some close range shots yeah i remember some when the tommy gun um first got out of the care package using that with targeting and it being really effective mm, um yeah so that's like my it's a kind of a poster child for that aim mode 
yeah. uh, because of the ideal, the kind of optimal range for the weapon. And mm-hmm. it's just like power and fire rate and all of that. So that works well. Yeah, yeah. Now let's talk about mouse sensitivity. We actually discussed this in our previous Shroud episode. The broad strokes of it is, and you pointed this out, Robin, that the closer someone is, the more you're going to get punished for having a low sensitivity. Uh, And this Mm. is just because you're not going to be able to cover those large distances on your screen of getting your cursor from one side to the other. Right. Yeah. 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 And also, the the greater the angle between your enemies, the more you're going to be punished for it. Yes, exactly. So this is really true for close quarters, right? Where you might breach a building where there's one enemy, but they might have enemies nearby that they get privy to the fight and they might come in from behind you. Totally. Your ability to to engage someone in front of you and then quickly switch to someone behind you is definitely determined in part by that. So yeah, I like, I've definitely been sporting a high sensitivity, not like super high, but like Mm -hmm. higher than normal Mm -hmm. lately. Yeah. I think it's important. I remember specifically, and this wasn't in the last Shroud episode, but I was watching Shroud once, and he jumps off a cliff, mm-hmm. and then he's like, oh shit, there's a player right down there. And he lands right next to this player, and they have this ultra scrappy fight, right? And <laughs> Shroud ultimately wins, and he comes out of it, and he's like, oh dude, that guy had a sensitivity too low. He just couldn't track me, you know? And you can really see it happen where Shroud's like bobbing and weaving and he's kind of shooting wildly, right? Yeah, and you could yeah, just yeah. see, you could literally see this guy's gun just like swinging around and he's just like trying to get it. Like on. he's always a step behind exactly. where Shroud is at. He yeah. just, his, I mean, his mouse was literally just not moving fast enough to get the gun mm. where it needed to go. Yeah. So, you know, that's, it's something to think about, really. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah. I like, I'd rather, I've always been a fan of training myself to get used to those finer movements and those fine adjustments instead of trying to move my mouse really far and yeah. to compensate for the low sensitivity. Yeah. And yeah, we've, we've kind of beat this to death over the course of the shows, but you know what? There is this anecdote that I want to share from when <laughs> I was a kid where I was playing air hockey and air hockey is like super fast, right? Like mm-hmm. you have to be really reflexive and just spot on. And but what I found was that I was always moving my pu- my um, paddle. I was moving it in the right direction and tracking the puck well, but I was always moving it too far. So I would mm-hmm. over overshoot where I should be, and then the the puck would kind of shoot in. And so mm-hmm. what I ended up having to do, I had to. I, once I realized that, I focused on relaxing and just like literally just like calming down and and making small calculated movements. Like, okay, it's going this way. I'm going to like just slightly move in that direction. And mm. I think I need to learn that still for aiming and, mm. and shooters because we're so attentive and and honed in on what's going on and, and trying to acquire the target quickly that I think it's easy. I, I notice in myself, I almost always, when I aim at a target initially, if it's really fast, I when I aim toward them, I aim past them. And you then I have to correct. Yeah. yeah, I have to mm-hmm. correct and come back. And mm-hmm. so yeah. I think that's a fight with high sensitivity is learning how to aim the right amount um, yeah. or to, yeah, to adjust the right amount. 
So try to, you know, for myself, I try to calm down a little and just do easy movements. Just chill out, Easy man. movements. <laughs> easy. All right. Just another quick point here. Pre-firing can definitely help you, especially when you have a full auto weapon. So just consider doing that. If you're pretty confident that someone's around that corner, just, you know, start firing before you, right before mm -hmm. you peek and you can definitely get kills that way. Yes. So stair stairwells are definitely a, a thing we run into in close quarters. Yeah. And there is, as of yet, no bullet penetration in this game. So <laughs> if, if you shoot a tiny little wooden banister between you and your opponent, it's going to stop that bullet completely. So yep, your entire I've, clip, in fact. I'll never forget, you know, um, Henry used to play with us more, and I was dead, so I was spectating him. And we, he was breaching a house, and he's doing this thing where he's, he's breaching one of those typical two stories in Erangel, and he's strafing up the stairs. He's know there, He knows there's somebody up there, mm. off to the right. Mm. So he's strafing up, like, leftward, looking straight in front of him as he goes up the stairs. And so mm -hmm. the banister is the first thing he sees between him and his opponent. Right. And what I would, I've always done in that situation is, is the second I have eyes on them, I just start shooting wildly at the banisters, yeah. hoping that some of the bullets will get through. Yeah. And Henry was just fucking cool as a cat, man. He strafes up the banisters, which takes a second. It takes it a does. second to like strafe past them to get your gun over them. It does. And he just holds his fire for like that solid second. Yeah. And then the second he gets past, he just lays into him. And meanwhile, <laughs> that enemy had been like laying into these banisters, right? And I don't think they <laughs> just, landed. Just I don't. Them yeah. Up. Just yep. fucking letting it go. Yeah. And I don't think they landed anything. Maybe uh, one shot on on Henry, and he yeah. just took him down, man. Like so, I think that. That's it's it comes up a lot in Erangel and it's just worth thinking about. Even I guess there's some spots in Miramar too. Some of the apartments have railings, but don't bother. Just get past <laughs> it. Well, Shroud talked about this too. Shroud just has the word on everything, I guess. Where he said there was a point in the game where like in that specific scenario, you had to use an SMG coming up the stairs because otherwise your gun would be too far into the railings and you wouldn't be able to shoot through. <laughs> and so he was talking about that like it was actually a tactic and he, he's i guess he what said do you mean something... too far into the railings like weapon like stuff or... yeah exactly yeah. so this is okay. actually a combination of what you're talking about you know uh -huh. where you know a shorter weapon it just gave you more space to shoot through those railings and not have your gun go in weird places and mm. do weird things right mm. okay so yeah combo little combination of uh mechanics right there all right yeah. So, Shroud says shoot through the banisters. I well, say... I mean, he's Shroud, you know. Yeah. He's <laughs> like he's like counting the banisters as he's straight up the stairs. <laughs> yeah. like, he's like, oh, this is the tenth one. I'll shoot one bullet between the tenth and the ninth, and then I'll shoot another <laughs> bullet between the ninth and the eighth. And <laughs> yeah, he's, <laughs> he's like... got his like auto-fire on each weapon synced with his strafe rate. Yeah. the banisters man he like he <laughs> sensed an off color pixel behind the ninth banister and knew that that's where the enemy was you know yeah so, <laughs> so anyway. for the rest of us i say just get past the banisters and then shoot them <laughs> yeah yeah i that's that's a really good good tactic i like it mm -hmm. all right so now another thing uh is uh, i like that you pointed this out robin you talk about having a tighter play style to avoid losing teammates and mm, I couldn't yes. agree more. It's so fucking frustrating when you're playing in a squad and you're like, oh, they're in this house. I'm knocked. 
and then like you have one other teammate right on hand and then your other two teammates are off just fucking off somewhere right <laughs> and you know they're like still looting and you're like i'm down i'm down and they're like yeah i'm right there i just have to pick up this med kit you know and you're like yeah 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 like fuck you asshole you are not my friend like <laughs> why did i ever invite you to play this game with me it feels bad man it does feel bad yeah yeah so so what should we be doing instead well, yeah, so we should, you know, I mean, I, I think in general, squads need to stick together a bit more than they do. Mm-hmm. But especially, like, as soon as, you, as soon as you make contact, you need to get together, y'all. Mm-hmm. And especially in a close quarter situation, it's really important to be close together because otherwise what happens is, like, one teammate runs around a corner, they get downed by two people, and then it's, like, 1v2, right? Mm-hmm. Um Whereas if you both ran around that corner at the same time, the people there have to prioritize their targets and it's confusing, right? Mm-hmm. So the the more of you you have close together, the more likely it is that, you know, maybe they'll down the first person, maybe they'll down the second person, but the third person right behind them, you know, finally the person runs out of ammo in their gun and now you take them out, right? The third mm-hmm. person does. So, you know, I, I really like this. Yeah, I agree, man. I think, I think even the, really the classic case for close quarters is clearing some kind of building. Yeah. Um, let's say an apartment building would be classic. Yeah. So, in this case, if you know there's people in a building and you don't know how many, and you maybe they've moved positions, you don't know quite where they are. It's I feel like the only way to do this if you're playing duos or squads is to be just like right on top of your squad with this like yeah. you don't you don't really want like half of your squad out in like the parking lot or like in the building across the street like you yeah. want your like full squad maybe like one distractor in the window across the way or something <laughs> right exactly right? yeah and and maybe even the best case for me is having if you're doing um squads just have a set of two moving in one position in the building and another the other duo playing in a complementary position. So maybe yeah. like opposite sides of the same floor. Right. Stuff like that where cuz I I I think sticking together is good but also working angles on another squad is mm, good, right? It is so good. yeah. Being able to flank a squad yeah. as a squad um is is the best for me. But right. almost as good is just you have a squad together, you push in and you're clearing halls. Something I see in R six a lot, because you're much you're with your squad really often and you're in close quarters all the time in that game. Yeah, is that the people in front go? They crouch and they move right. forward, and then the people yep. in back are standing. Yeah, and so this is so you don't shoot your teammate in the back of the head, which I do a lot in that game. <laughs> <I do. laughs> yep, not yes. a lot, but I do it often it's enough. It's tempting. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's just like. It's just an act, you know. I'm shooting someone down like this tiny little angle, mm-hmm. and my my teammates also trying to do it, and they strafe into me. Usually, right, right. is how it'll happen. And right. you're just eager for the kill, and you you're not paying enough attention. But yeah. um, so anyway, I like that. I I just like that that team play too of yeah. of knowing like I've got your back, you've got mine. If they take us down, then like that was a fucking good play, you know. Like yeah. I'm almost like stoked for them. 
if there's two of us breaching a room really tight and they take out both of us, yeah, like I have no regrets about that situation, <laughs> right? Like yeah. that to me, I'm Good like exchange. I'm stoked for their talent and ability to to take us on that way. Yeah, I'm also stoked that like we were coordinated and like walked into that like the best way that we could have, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, that's what I'm into. It's just a good idea, you know. It basically mm-hmm. allows two people to occupy pretty much the same space. You know, it's like having a gun in your crotch. It's great. All right, we're we're almost done here. Um, Robin, looks like you had some ideas about pushing hallways. Uh, I mean, yeah, looks like, I mean, we already mentioned having, uh, someone crouch in front and then if someone is following the croucher, they're obviously standing and then having people even behind, like you could have a croucher pushing down the hall, Mm -hmm. looking around. And then if it's a hallway where you can have players behind you peeking a corner, Mm. then the chances of both of those players going down really small anyone yeah. who who sees them down the hallway is going to aim for that croucher right and the person at the back who's already peeking aiming down sight is going to be able to probably have the jump on anyone who comes out to confront the crouch player so yeah and that's a good point you can leverage this too in examples like let's say there's like a fairly large room like in an apartment on erringal and like one person runs through the door and the other person right behind them pauses at the doorway, right? And that so like able to lay down a little cover for that person running in. And mm-hmm. that can that can just give you that that second of kind of confusion where the person thinks you're coming in but you're not. It can also give mm-hmm. you a chance to take cover. So just little things like mm-hmm. that you can really use to your advantage when you're moving with with your teammates. Mhm. You know, another fun thing about doorways, if you walk past a doorway where there's people inside, they'll shoot at you. So let's say from their point of view, you move from the left side of the doorway to the right Mm. and disappear. Yeah. If you have a teammate behind them move in and peek the left edge of that doorway, they're not going to expect that, right? So like, it's kind of a fun little juke you could do. Yeah. Where someone like runs by, maybe they strafe by and hip fire a little bit. Yeah. And then the other guy just peeks and like, they already should be able to hear like where they are, what kind of gun they have, right. stuff like that. So yeah, it's a cool idea. Mm-hmm. One thing I just wanted to note about running through doorways, when I'm defending a doorway, when I'm expecting someone to come through a doorway, I actually don't like to stand like right to one side of the doorway or the other and try to shoot. Because again, it can be really hard to train your cursor on a target moving from left to right across your screen really quickly. So mm-hmm. what I what I often find is that like I'll be like, oh, I'm hiding like behind this door. I'm hiding like just to the left of the door and they're gonna run in, I'm gonna blast them. And they'll run in and I'll miss my first shotgun shot or I'll miss my first shots. Totally. Because they're moving so quickly. And then they'll whip yeah. around and they'll take me out and I have nowhere to go because I'm like pressed up against a wall or something. Right. So right. what I try to do is I try to make it so that when that person is running, they're going to be running towards me because mm. their actual movement against my cursor is going to be very small. 
Right. You know, that just, it's like basically the pixels are going to stay in the same place. They're just going to get bigger. Mm-hmm. So, so if they walk straight in through the doorway, are they walking straight towards you? Yes, or, or at least okay. more towards you, right? Okay. You can you can still be off to one side um, because sometimes it's not a good idea to stand like right in the middle of the room. It makes you really visible. Yeah. But I've just learned that I tend to get more kills when I line it up so that a running person is running towards me or away from me. It's the mm. same thing with sniping at range. You know, it's like if there's someone running towards you, it's just so much easier to line up those sniper shots than when they're running left to right at like 400 meters. It can be really hard. Yeah, it's a good idea. Like 45 degrees maybe from the from like walking. Yeah, 45 degrees is a good compromise, I think. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Nades. God. So <laughs> nades are really cool right now because we yeah. just got that Molly upgrade. So. Yeah. It's like, that's my step one now. Now that we have good mollies is just to toss a grenade into the room. If you if you have a pretty good idea of what room someone's in, you might as well throw the molly in there. Yeah. You know, there's ways of baiting people. Just like try to get their location if you have nades and nade them. And so that's either flash or not flash, um, molotov or frag grenade. And then if you're breaching a room and you don't have those, flashbangs are awesome Mm, and they have a really slow cook time 2.5 seconds and so you don't really have to cook them the if you're playing a really good player and you throw a flashbang in the room without cooking it they will turn away from it and they won't get blinded yeah and so if you think you're if you're in late game i might cook it for a like about a second before i throw it into a room or a window or something like that depending depending on how far away it is if it's just right in front of you, I'd, I'd cook it for a second and mm-hmm. throw it in and make sure it bounces somewhere where you're not in line of sight. And you can even just quick peek that room after you throw it and see if it's affected them by seeing if their arms are up in front of their face now, uh, which is that new animation they've added. Mm-hmm. And so, but, you know, before, like we couldn't really tell before if they had been flashbang. So it's funny to watch people. I, I've seen videos where people throw a flashbang in a room and they'll walk in. And they'll just stand in front of the player, and if the player doesn't react, they're like, oh, okay, cool, they're flashbanged. And then they'll like <laughs> go like loop around behind them and just wait for the player to get their vision back and see what they do, and then like <laughs> like follow them around for a second before killing them. Yeah, yeah. Because just... <laughs> their hearing is out too, so they can't hear you yeah. walk like right next to them and get behind them. Yeah. I love that shit. For the lols. <laughs> yep, totally. <laughs> So yeah, another thing you can do is you can just shoot a hole in a door and toss a nade through, and yeah. that you don't even have to be indoors to do that, and you don't even necessarily have to be that close to do it. But mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's actually a really good way to flush someone out of a shit shack. Mm, yes, yep. my favorite. Mm-hmm. You're like watching like someone shoot a door and then toss a frag in in the hole. Yeah, of the door. Yep. It works really well. I think it's easiest to do at the bottom of the door. Mm, okay. Um, for some reason, just to bounce it at the kind of base, like yeah. the the bottom of the door frame. Um, when you shoot the middle of the door, you don't really know what kind of hole you're gonna get. Yeah. And so, it, but you know, the the grenade toss indicators are more accurate than they used to be. So, mm, okay, you should just be able to like follow that through the hole pretty well. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Another good thing to know is that Molotovs straight up just like knock doors down now. Oh, so do if they? you throw a molotov at a door it's going through the door just like imagine really? doors yes they don't exist like in terms of molotovs anymore from wow. what i can tell yep 
from the video I saw, hmm. um, they th- when they were throwing mollies at doors, the door would instantly break when it hit, and the molly would go through. Oh, and that's explode. pretty sweet, yep. actually. Yeah, like which is like lot. super unrealistic, but awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, has good tactical implications. Yeah. Uh huh. All right. Is there anything else to talk about here? I I guess just one more thing about that grenade and the door. Yeah. Um, tactic is. This it's nice to work with a teammate on this because it does take time to switch to grenades. Oh right! Or to, like to shoot a hole in a door, switch to your grenade, throw it through, and then switch back to your weapon. Yeah. And so it's nice to communicate, like, "Hey, can you shoot a hole in that door? I'm going to nade it." And mm. like by the time you've said that, they're prepared for it. You've switched to your grenade, and like you're doing the plan. Yeah. Whereas doing it by yourself, it just it takes longer. It's clunkier. Right. Um, that's All true, that, and so. it also means that your teammate has their gun trained on the door. So if someone hears the nade and tries to run out, you know, you kind of yep. have a leg up on them. So. Exactly. I love it. All right. All right. Hot tactics from the Winner Winner podcast. <laughs> Close quarters, SMGs. Man. Yep. Makes me want to play some school. Yeah. I might yep. actually jump on tonight. Nice. So maybe I'll see you guys out there. Nice. Awesome. Well, that's going to do it for the show this week. And, of course, you can join us every week around Friday or Saturday when we release our episodes. We'll be doing some more customs action next week. Sorry we had kind of an interruption this week. It was a bit of a scramble. So I'm planning to be hosting at two p- uh, sorry, 6 p.m. Pacific time on Tuesday evening. And I sh- I'll be able to host on Monday. Yep, I'll host this Monday as well. I am traveling, and so I have a computer at the house I'm staying at that I can game on. And um, it's not, you know, super high frame rate, but it's playable. Yeah. As long as I don't drive cars. So <laughs> Okay, yep. <laughs> yep, but I'll be hosting on Monday. It's 6 o'clock until 9 o'clock um, Pacific. I'm in Central Time now, so that would be 8 o'clock to 11 o'clock um, out here in the Midwest. Yep. All right. Sounds groovy. And the way that you can join in on those games is by joining our Discord, which is is a link to that in the show notes. And uh, join us in that custom musings channel to get more information. And of course, you can always join our subreddit as well. And uh, we have a Patreon account if you're feeling generous. And you can always send us an email at winnerpodcast at gmail.com. Who makes the music for the start and end of this, Robin? That's the gazelles. All right. And you can find them on Facebook, and their Facebook link is on our show notes. So check them out. Cool. Great. Thanks, gazelles. Yeah, thanks, gazelles. You guys are awesome. And thank all of you listening, and we will catch you next time. All right. Ciao, guys. Ciao, guys.